Okay. Turn on the microphone. I have some facts for well, this well, movie that are pretty spicy. Oh no, we're, we're already talking. I know, but introduce what we're doing. Well, I always I like the kind of you know, like cold open where people, where people don't un, where it doesn't feel like we're a stu- sitting in some kind of stuffy office. We're sitting in a stuffy living room instead, where the windows are all closed. We're at our fine so professional. We have to keep recording. the windows closed so that we don't get crosswind and weird noise in the microphone. We're in our fine professional recording studio. We are. We're in a trailer. Okay. We're in my trailer. In no. Van okay. down by the river. Okay. Hi. It's me, my parents, and Liam Neeson. I am me. These are my parents. I'm a parent. <laughs> and I'm the other parent. Okay. Glad we got that out of the way. So this week, we were originally going to watch the movie Shining Through. Now, if you're a fan of the podcast, you may have heard of this movie before <laughs> since we watched it already. And mom forgot that we watched it already. We had a snafu with the spreadsheet. So I did it. We, I, we I blame pan- myself. So we panicked and went on Amazon Prime and said, hey, what's the first Liam Neeson movie you've got? And it said, well, there's this movie called The Commuter. I said, cool, we're going to watch that. Commuter came out in 2018. Last time we talked about a movie that came out in 2018 of Liam Neeson, the Academy Awards hadn't happened yet. They've happened now, so we can go ahead and talk about what good movies there were that year. Uh, The Green Book, which I did not see, got Best Picture. Best Director was Alfonso Cuaron for Roma. Uh, Best Actor, Rami Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody as Freddie Mercury. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, other important things that happened. Black Klansman was uh, one that happened this year. Uh, best supporting, best actress went to Olivia Coleman in the favorite as Anne, Queen of Great Britain. So we've got a new person to fight which, Helen Mirren for role of queen. <laughs> which just makes mom want to watch it because mom mm-hmm. does like herself some good historical British drama. This does mean that the best actor and the best actress both played queens. Oh, because Freddie Mercury. That was clever. <laughs> okay. See, this is why we pay him the this big This is why ones. you pay me the medium bucks. Yes. Okay. So I started doing other lookups about this film, uh, looking to see other people that were in it. I uh, Patrick Bateman, I believe, is the guy. I. The, I'm uh, not the person to know this because I, I, I switched to looking at the director, and because the director has something interesting as well. No, I'm okay. the bomb here. I don't know that yeah. stuff. Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson, yeah, there you go. I uh, who played Agent Lynch in A Team, aka the corp, Ooh. the big stooge dude that ended up being the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Right. In this movie, he plays a stooge. The stooge who ends up being the bad guy. So you know, good typecasting there. And Dan called it right out of the gate. I, I called a couple of things in this film going on. Although I called the the person that that they've been looking for throughout the film. I called that early. Okay. On. I'll give you that one. Well, that's just because of high school literature class. Yeah. But the director was interesting. I looked at the guy who did the music. Not big name on him. Mm-hmm. Director, not necessarily either. He's hasn't been directing for very long. Only since... He, his first film was in 1998. His first film that got anywhere is the movie House of Wax, which I believe is a remake and featured Paris Hilton, if I recall correctly. Whatever. He's directed 11 films, according to IMDb. Mm-hmm. Four of them star Liam Neeson. Well, I, I think they have a... <laughs> we have not that... seen the other three yet. Ah. So we'll get to... What are the other three? Unknown. Do you know how to pronounce his name? Nonstop and <laughs> run all night. No, I don't. His name appears to be Jaume Cole Serra, because he's from Spain, and he's got a J in his first name. Jaime. Jaime, Jaime, J-A-U-M-E, oh. Jaime, 
What do you think? Please bear with oh. us while we try and say a name. Well, if we were going to pronounce it, it pronounce it Spanish-wise, Jaume and Coye Serra. All right, that guy. And it's hyphenated. That guy. He directed this. This is the fourth Liam Neeson movie that he's directed since 2011. Okay. So. Well, there's a partnership that they they like. Yep. Okay. So, the heck is this movie about? Well, it's called The Commuter, and as we can understand, it's about international politics. No, not really. It's about a guy who's commuting. It's a, wait a minute. It's about a guy who takes the train to work to New York City every day yep. for work. And the zero to Neeson is almo- almost immediate. Is it actually immediate? Do, no. Well, we have to have idents for the film people first. No, but it's when as, I, as soon as something. No, is as soon, soon as, as the alarm yeah. rings. Well, he was the first person Definitely. on screen. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was only seconds yeah. in. And this isn't another one where I think it's a good enough movie. We shouldn't talk too much about it. We won't give. We don't want to spoil it because I mean, people. Uh, will want, I think yeah. you should watch this. Yeah. I, it was. As a woman who doesn't necessarily like to watch the exploding helicopter movies, you you did you did not you thought that the the one the first explosion was a little iffy. Well, I think that there was some gratuitous, you know, overly dramatic exploding things. They kind of have to, which is typical for movies that are out there and making money. Yeah, but I. Not as as much as uh, not as uh, terrible for me as the ones where it's just throwing people through buildings. Yes. Well, there was plenty of throwing people through glass. Now, the start of this movie, I think we can talk about because it is going very much along with good storytelling and things that we've been paying mm-hmm. attention to there. Right. Because they have to establish quickly the routine of Liam Neeson's character because. His routine is is plot relevant. It is very plot relevant. And it's hard to establish a 10-year routine so that later we can ruin it. Mm-hmm. And they accomplish this in a way that it's sort of similar to things that we've seen other films do, where it involves doing the same thing in multiple places or the same thing in multiple times. Well, I think it was more of the same thing. Like, for instance, they had... Um... The alarm, the six o'clock alarm clock rings, but you're seeing him. It rang more than once because we oh, saw the same day after day after yeah, day. Like six times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We saw him getting dropped off by his wife at, at the, the commuter at station. At the commuter station, five or six different times, five or six different expressions, five or six different conversations, but always her in one seat, him in the other. Mm-hmm. We see him chatting with his son in the morning. Yep. Before school. Same way, multiple times. Multiple we see times. him talking to the same people on the train, multiple places, but the same guy. We see it different seasons, yep. different... Um... And so in a matter of a few minutes, we already understand how important the commute is, how regular it is. How much he loves his family. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then things start to go downhill because this is a Liam Neeson film, and <laughs> it would be really boring if things didn't go downhill. <laughs> His in, his routine got interrupted. His routine gets interrupted in a way that they didn't necessarily have to build up. This is one where they were able to just say, basically... They would just drop the bomb. I had a 10-year routine, and now I don't anymore? The hell. Right. And we were okay to... Uh, well, but we cared about the character. Yeah, we cared about the character in one mm-hmm. way, and then it was also a way that is very understandable to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. Then he goes in, and then his routine starts getting turned upside down. And this is something I made a comment because 
uh, in my storytelling, uh, my fiction, mm-hmm. my role-playing games, I focus very heavily, not necessarily telling people, hey, pay attention to this, but I work very hard to have a consistent speaking style, consistent mannerisms for the characters. Because when something changes, you don't have to call attention to it. People will automatically go, hey, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. It's like when there's a stopped car on the highway. It's the reason why people slow down. It's a change in the routine. They have to stop and pay attention to it. And so in this, once the routine starts changing for him, mm-hmm. it didn't take, it took no time at all for us to go, oh, something bad's going to happen. This is bad. Oh, mm-hmm. no. And bad things continue to happen. Right. Um, well, and, and it builds, and it builds, and then it twists, and it builds. And it twists, and it, and they build up in a correct order of escalation. They don't start with the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Or even have it in the middle. The biggest thing is definitely at the end, right? But I think you you made one good comment while we were watching the movie in that um, this is a a train full of people, and there are multiple story arcs. Yes, for these very minor characters, mm-hmm. but they have a very definite beginning, middle, crisis, and an end. Yeah, and that made I think it made it more enjoyable because there was more characters to care definitely. about. Uh, the Cold Pursuit movie, which we come back to a couple of times here, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. had minor under characters, and mm-hmm. they did not get the same level of attention. Right, right. Be- well, in that movie, I mean, you've been listening to the podcast, you already heard us, mm-hmm. those people were supposed to die, and they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I bring it to the X-Men movies, which you haven't seen and you probably don't remember. You can guess which of the parents I'm talking to here. What? <laughs> uh, where that, those films were predicated on having an, an ensemble cast and trying to tell all of their stories at once, and it didn't work. Because it, it's just too much. Because it was too much. Mm-hmm. You, there is a fine line between a background character and a filler character. Mm-hmm. I Harry Potter does a really good job of this, and I come back to it a lot because well, she's a formula writer. She is, and mm-hmm. she does it well. And the movies also do it well because mm-hmm. the people who did that were tr- trying their. Oh my goodness! Okay, that's uh, a landline, people. If you don't know what that is, look right. it up on the internet. All right, uh, all of you children listening to this, I want you to not pause the podcast because I'm just going to keep talking. I want you to Google the year 1963 where you will find the last known recorded information about landline phones. (laughs) (laughs) Also, this will be great information for you to remember why they call it hanging up when you top a phone call. Because it's not because you hang the phone up anymore. All right, she's run away. I think this might actually be an important phone call. Oh, no, she's coming back. Did you hide the phone? Okay. Okay, true confessions of, you know, let's just say, a middle-aged mom. Um, I don't use the landline so much anymore that I kind of forgot how to get it to stop ringing. <laughs> I'm so used to a cell phone where you can just swipe and or, turn and turn. Yeah, you or basically, flip a switch or, yeah. And with a landline, you really can't do that. It rings a certain number of times until the answering machine kicks in. And so, yes, I took the phone and I ran down the hall and put it in another room. <laughs> All right. This has been a fantastic history lesson. 
No. Uh, tune in next week when we start a new podcast, Obsolete Technology. At least it isn't a rotary dial. <laughs> That's in the basement. Yeah, we still have one of those. Okay, kids, you're going to have to look that one up, All too. All right, that one you're going to have to go back to 1947, not 1963. 1963. We did silly. not have push-button phones. No, we didn't. Okay. You weren't alive right. then. We're, we've gone All right. astray. All right, I'm ready to bring us back, because I was going to talk about Harry Potter and how good it is at background characters. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I bring this up a lot. But Just, Harry Potter's also a book. It's mm-hmm. a lot longer. Yeah. Still, it's something that comes up when I'm doing uh, role-playing games because that is group storytelling. Mm-hmm. And when you're trying to tell a story with multiple people in it, only one person can be the main character at a time. This is, It just happens. Okay, so, you had mm-hmm. you had three brothers. I had three brothers. I was, only the main char- I was the main character the whole time. I don't know if you're talking about it. <laughs> it's true. You were the favorite. <laughs> oh! Wait, they might hear. They might hear this. We have uh, to... That's true, they might. But you're the only okay, one here. Okay, if so. any of the brothers hear this, the code word is potato. That's my code word. Don't give them my code word. Okay. The reason why I bring up Harry Potter is that every character in it had a goal and a motivation. And it always was in service to the main character to keep doing their goal. So everyone worked together. The way you get good background characters in film is to have them all have their own goals, not just to exist, and working towards their goal affects the main character in some way. So all the bad guys, obviously we know what their goals are. Their goals are to stop the, the good guy. But the people on the train, they didn't all react to him the same way. Mm-hmm. They all had to, in their own way, realize that helping him was the right idea so that the ending of the movie made sense. Mm-hmm. Because the ending of the movie is a really good encapsulation of Everyone who we've gotten to care about just a little bit, all of a sudden we get to care about them more. Yeah, the character development of everyone they, was really it was really good throughout the mm-hmm. movie. It wasn't just little chunks of, but it was just little bits and pieces all along, leading you to an end that that really yeah. did make sense. And you know why I think it worked the best? Mm-hmm. We didn't have to develop Liam Neeson's character after about fifteen minutes in mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. We knew we, him and loved him. We knew everything we needed to know about him. He, we knew his motivation. We knew why he was going to keep going. And mm-hmm. let's be honest, it's 2018. We see a Liam Neeson in a movie, and somebody is telling him to do something or his family will be hurt. <laughs> we already know what his character is. We're if done. He, if he doesn't end up with a gun in his hand, there's something wrong with him. Yeah, the there's going to be a gun later, and it's going to be upsetting to him in some way. So they could spend the entire time focusing on everyone else. And it worked. Mm-hmm. It worked out great. I uh, again, this is a good movie. This is going to be a short podcast because whenever it's a good movie, y'all should watch it. And right. we don't want to be spoilers yeah. too much. Uh, I Just... will say that I am Spartacus and you'll figure out why. And I... I'm proud of calling that one. Dan <laughs> totally nailed that one. I did. We both did. Yeah. We both did together at the do same it. time. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we've got to talk about the peril meter. So when, when did the peril meter start going from zero? I, I thought it was when when he discovered the shall we say the <laughs> the remnants that were hidden in the floor. Yeah, I thought when he the telltale then, then heart. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, it was like, ooh, there's peril here now. Yeah, even though he wasn't. Mm, oh, he obviously got he got banged up. No, he got banged up. After that, that's true. There was some peril yeah. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah he, got he got beat up. up. He got beat up. He found the telltale heart. He got beat up some more. Mm-hmm. He got the gun. He got beat up some more. He got, he got up, thrown off then, the train. Then he got... Oh, yeah. And yeah. then and then the whole issue of the... Yeah. Yeah. 
Tra- right. Don't Being sit under, under trains, kids. I don't care how many <laughs> cool videos you've seen on YouTube and how many million hits they get. Don't, don't sit under a train. Don't do this. It was a stunt actor. <laughs> okay, in my genealogy work, did one of us did one of our stupid ancestors sit under a train? No, 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 no. This, but it was in uh, in the small town where my grandparents and great grandparents lived. I, you know, reading the newspapers, looking for little tidbits of. Whatever. You know, family stories. I saw something about a guy who was going from the box factory to go home for lunch and went under the train, you know, because his house was the other side of the tracks. And while he was going under the train, it started to move and he got caught and he got pinned and crushed. So kids, don't do this. It's real. Yeah. Stay away right. from the big trains. Yep. And it didn't just happen a long time ago. It could happen to you. It's still the same kind of trains, kids. Yeah. <laughs> They're still heavy. Yeah. So. That's our safety tip for the so, week. Uh, we have Peril to, meter. We have to rank this because it kept going up. I mean, he didn't die. So I can't That's give true. it a 10. No. It's not a 10, but it's probably a 8, eight. plus. Eight. Yeah. I'd, be, I'd be okay with 8 because he yeah. does get beat up a lot. He yep. does get beat up Not a lot. beat up as much as in other films. At the end, he doesn't go to the hospital, which I think is a mistake. That's, but, that's, you know. that's perilous for a different reason. <laughs> there were continuity issues that I had in this movie. That's yeah. only That would be my Small. negative overall. Small continuity well, issues. His shoulder bag is, you know, he doesn't keep track of it. IMDB pointed out a goof in the movie. Where of course they did. Where there was a knife blade that should have been bloody that wasn't. But Stuff it, like that's that. That's a pretty minor yeah. goof. <clears throat> yeah. Stuff like that. Stuff like that. Why did we anyway. give Widows a 10 again? I'm just looking at our list. Because he, he died, died twice. twice. Oh, yeah, that's right. He died twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. That's right. You can tell how long we've been married when we answer random questions in unison. <laughs> Good job, everyone. Okay, this is going to be a real short episode. Are you sure we don't want to get distracted again just to fill up some time? Something good. Go aside. What, like how many years we've been married? No, no. More train safety facts. Talk about more obsolete technology. (laughs) No, let's just give everybody some time to think about watching a movie. All right. uh, Pretty soon here. Well, the set was pretty simple on this one. Oh, yeah, because he was in a train the whole time. Because it was a train. All right. uh, Live on the podcast, I'm going to look up when Men in Black International comes out. Oh, that's going to be pretty soon. Because that, it might be happening, because I think we're going to see that and then record right after and post it right after, so it's yep. timely. Yep. Unless, of course, I'm camping. Unless you're camping, in oh. which case we're not going to do that. Then it'll it's have to be in a June weekend. 14th, and this one, if I say Ooh. according to schedule, is going to post on May the 16th, two weeks from when I record it. Okay. So it'll be about a month after this, uh, you're going to be hearing about uh, Liam Hemsworth being Liam. just Chris Hemsworth. Liam Hemsworth is his brother, who also acts. I'm slightly forgiven, not that much. Not that much, but Chris Hemsworth does some movies. He does some decent mm-hmm. movies. I not sure how that movie's going to go. We'll get there eventually. I think it's going to be typical. That's yeah. unfortunate. I, I, I think it'll be one where we'll come home and we'll just sigh. That's okay. Well, isn't, it, isn't it the fourth movie in a series? It is. Yeah. Which. That doesn't bode yeah. well. Doesn't bode Did well. you know they're making a Playmobil movie? Oh, stop it. <laughs> they were so jealous that Lego made a movie. It's uh, it's the way that we probably expected the Lego movie to go, which is... Dorky? No. Small child is near a big toy set, and then magic happens and they are transported into the toy set. 
Oh. Which yeah. is what we probably expected the Lego movie to be. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Oh. If you thought about what would yeah, they make a Lego true. movie out of, it'd be a kid being transported into Lego. Yeah, but we haven't watched the Lego movie for the podcast yet. We haven't. Yeah. We, and that's been on uh, purpose. I watched Lego Movie 2. Why'd you do that? Because I wanted Without to. Us? Uh, Liam Neeson is not in it. Yeah. Well, boohoo, I good, could still Good cop, bad cop has one line, and it's... <laughs> <laughs> did Liam Neeson do that? No. Oh. He probably did not do that. Bruce Willis has three lines in that movie, and he's not played by Bruce Willis. <laughs> okay, okay, that's weird. He lives in he lives in the air ducts. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, good. We wasted some time. This podcast can be a normal length now. Excellent. Everything okay. is according to plan. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.